This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Today we'll be looking at refugees from Afghanistan who end up in Scandinavia in Flea. A romantic comedy set in Mexico in Book of Love and a musical presentation of romantic problems in 17th century Paris in Cyrano. Kaboul, les attaques des Moudjahidines reprises. Flea is a surprising documentary which uses animation very effectively to tell the true story of a man who reveals his hidden past of a young refugee from Afghanistan in the 1980s. Robin Munro has been off to the Lumiere cinemas to see this disturbing film about a man who's still haunted by his childhood memories. Uh, Robin, I've never seen an animated documentary before, but what did you think of Flea? Oh, I thought it was um, very good, um, but it certainly is an original way of telling the story. In some ways, it's a conversation between, I'm not sure whether it's the writer or the director, um, a Danish man and this refugee who, for the sakes of the movie, is called Amin. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 a lot of it's animated, but not all of it. And in some ways, it's a gradual uh, revealing of the truth because uh, Amin has had to hide who he is and who he's related to and other things like that just to get his status in Europe. Yeah, and as a refugee who yes. illegally got into one of the... European and I think he, yeah. he even came at a time when it's perhaps a bit kinder than today. Uh, well, today actually people are, seem fairly open to Ukrainian refugees, but what we saw in 2000... <laughs> you got no choice when you've got 400,000 people no. knocking on your door. <laughs> but 2015, I think, was the year of the big Syrian uh, refugees, and a lot mm. of countries didn't want oh, them. Yes, yes. And, but he still uh, did have to get there illegally, and that put him in the hands of people smugglers, and also he spent a lot of time in uh, Russia uh, waiting to leave to get to Europe. And um, that was a pretty pretty grim time for him too. Yeah, well, these were the times of... You see so much of the corrupt police there who, who would do anything for you if you had a bit of money. But yes. Who would, <laughs> otherwise they could do anything against you. <laughs> and, yeah, and also this is just in, in Russia at the time of the fall of communism. Yes. So you get to see that. And that's an interesting point that... Uh, actual filmed scene sequences are things like that. There's a bit of a war in Afghanistan mm-hmm. at that time, and then also the Russian scenes, like the fall of the communist things and you know people in the streets and that sort of thing. But then they deliberately animate the rest of the thing so that they could hide the actual identity ah, of the man the telling the true story, <laughs> so that when the um, uh, this is in 
he's in da- Denmark here yes. for this, I think. And uh, so if the Danish people or uh, the Danish government people watching this film uh, don't actually see the guy himself, they only see an animated <laughs> version of him. And, uh, yeah. But but it's still, it, it's an interesting and creative um, idea, the way that it's done. Well, it works. I was surprised. Yes. I've never seen it. Document, animated documentary. This is one you expect sort of intense, sort of dark black and white yep. photography of whatever that you're looking at, you know. And then here you get this sort of cute animated, well, not cute exactly, but animated film mm. anyway. Well, a lot of it actually is just the two men talking. You see the back of the interviewer's head, and then you see our men looking at us from a rather unusual chair, I think. And uh, But you hear a lot of emotion in his voice. Um, I guess actors did do those parts as well. Um, but um, it really is difficult for him. And it's, he's not only having to flee Afghanistan, but he's also gay and having to hide something of himself in that, even as a young child. And he's worried about that. And he worries uh, probably how that might affect him, even as a refugee, that he could be rejected. And uh, when he does reach the West, uh, one of the first things he asks is for a doctor who could perhaps cure him. And this shows, of course, a great naivety. Um, but it, it, it's also a challenge for him. So he's a man yeah. of uh, who's kept his head down and tried to avoid being noticed. Yeah. Uh, oh yes, certainly. And uh, but it's it's a, such an odd um, touch here again. This um, him, that he turns out to be gay because you learn early on in the film that he would want to reveal something about his past, about his past life in, as a refugee. And he wants to do it now because he's thinking of getting married and he wants to express this and tell all this beforehand. And once that's clear, then it's explained to you that he's going to marry another bloke. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck is going on in this film? But okay, fair enough, he can accept this. You can see that within context towards the end. The first time he goes to one of those gay clubs uh, in Denmark, I think it was. (laughs) And, um, you know, this sort of thing. But, you know, the film has got these unusual twists, mm-hmm. but but they work. Yeah. It works. I'm very surprised at that. I, I think it sets the scene very well, too. Right at the beginning, um, the Danish bloke, I think, asks Armin, you know, what does the word home mean to you? And oh, he, yes. he's quite slow at explaining this, but he says, well, it's somewhere where you are safe and where you don't have to move on. And he's spent a lot of time moving on. And in fact, even though they've paid and his family have paid a lot to people smugglers, uh, they end up all in sort of different countries. It's like yeah. they don't care about this family, even the, yeah. the European uh, authorities that allow these people in to claim he he gets in partly because he's a lone child his family has supposedly been killed and he can't go back but people are sent back so even to qualify they have to sort of lie and 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 they get thrown in ways you you mm. wouldn't expect i mean these work really complicated difficult times for these people in afghanistan i mean he leaves with his mother and uh, some other siblings and his father has already been taken away and disappeared, killed. Mm-hmm. And um, and the, 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 their way of going is f- uh, on a visa, of all things, from Afghanistan to Russia. Yes. Because, I mean, there had been these uh, connections between uh, Afghanistan and Russia over the years. And so that's the first place for them to go. Mm-hmm. And then from there they have to find a way that they can get themselves smuggled into into. Um, into Europe, actually, up into somewhere in Scandinavia, most likely, and so on, and uh, and this is all brought up. But uh, it's 
I, I found the film very deeply emotional as it went on. Very, you yes. know, I got very sort of, you know, deeply felt deeply involved with all these rotten things happening around to this family, mum and the kids, and and then as the kids got older, they copped it more. I mean, he is once uh, they he gets to um, Europe. They realise he's illegally got a... Then they send him back to Russia. He sort of has to bounce back mm. and forth and all this sort of thing. And they spend, spend terrifying times at sea. This is from people from a landlocked country. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it's a very uh, broken and, and uh, difficult ordeal, the, the journey. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well worth seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, good. Thank you very much. was Robin Munro with his views on Flea, and I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains FM 96.9. Here I go, oh my lord, I know it's hot in Mexico. Henry, your book is number one. What? In the official Mexican fiction chart. I mean, I don't speak a word of Spanish. Oh, thank you. I translate for you, I'm the translator of your book. You're M.F. Rodriguez. Si, Maria Fernanda Rodriguez. Okay. Okay. We better hurry. We've got 30 minutes to get to your event. My, my what, sorry? Book of Love is an enjoyable romantic comedy about a struggling author who learns that his first book is a massive hit in Mexico. Rosie Alcolea has been off to the Silky Otter cinemas at Wigram to see this easygoing movie with a few clever twists in the plot. Uh, Rosie, you're from Mexico. What did you think of Book of Love? <laughs> Yes, Hans. Hi, uh, Hans. Thank you for inviting me. First of all, I I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. It's a very, as you said, a light hard light hard comedy. But for me, as a Mexican, it's a treat <laughs> yes, to see right. Mexico in <laughs> well, the movies. You see? Yeah, I, I saw it with you, and uh, I could hear. You know, we <laughs> go move to different parts of Mexico, or Mexico City, then in the countryside, other special places. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, but the thing you see. <laughs> What it really stands out for me regarding that part of Mexico and the actors is that they are real Mexican actors. Because sometimes when they do, a, in the United States, when they do a movie about Mexico, they hire people that were born in the United States, but they come from Mexican backgrounds. So they have lost an accent, if oh, you know I what see. I mean. Yeah. So these ones, I was laughing and laughing because the way they talk is exactly like we do. They were not acting. They were just speaking the language. <laughs> they were just, you know, and that's funny because part of the acting is the language, is how we communicate. Yeah. So that's why when we do, uh, when we tra when we translate a movie to another language, it gets a lot of, you get lots, you get lost, uh, you lost lots of the acting on that uh, language oh, change. Yes, of course. Mm. So yeah, that was delightful, I have to say. I mean, it's a light comedy. Yeah, but, uh, but, but it's quite a clear, because you can see the potential of, um, that you're going to get quite a complex uh, situation here, because this man writes it's his first book. He's English. He's written this in in Britain, and he um, and it's not a success. It's not doing well in the <laughs> shops. They're they're glad to give you th you three copies for the price of one to get rid of the book, and and then he hears that it's a big success in Mexico. They ask him to go there on a book tour, yeah. and uh, at first he's not too sure about this, but he goes. 
and he finds the book is so extremely popular there, which surprises him, of course. Surprises him, yeah, of course, <laughs> surprises him. And then he finds out that the woman who's there with him translating for him as they're traveling also translated the book from English into Spanish. That's it. And in the process also changed the book <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> and that, that, is, that is why he's successful, right? Yeah, and yeah. That's she how puts he... in all the sexy bits. <laughs> exactly. He, she puts sexy bits and she makes it more, more uh, engaged, engaged for, to be more engagement to, uh, engageable for the audience. And uh, I, like, I like how it evolves the story, like how he finds out this and then the relationship between them and how they travel and they want to even translate the books now in another languages, but the Mexican version now. Yeah, yeah, this is it. I mean, this is it. They, they take the book because in the uh, uh, Mexican version of it has even got a different cover, a more stimulating sort of a cover. Yes. And then back in England, they, they finally decide to put this book out again with a new cover. No, with a sexy one. And and just translate the Mexican <laughs> yes. version back into English and publish yeah, that. Yeah, so that, that, that is one of the I mean, twists that you said. That yeah, is very fun to watch. Yeah, this is yeah. great, great uh, background context. And, of course, within this, then you have the situation of relationship between the two because yeah. at first he's extremely angry with it because he's, a, he's very much an uptight man. Yes, he's very, very rigid, and she obviously she's Mexican, so she's more yeah. up. And yeah. and he in in his own book, the first um, uh, uh, version of the book, he, he sets out as a sort of romance also, but he wants to celebrate the merits of chastity. Well, <laughs> I, I mean that's not the sort of book that people go and read. <laughs> yeah, no, his his view of love. But this is the this is a charming part of the movie, right? Like his view of love, which was written in the first version of the book, changes as it changes the relationship with the girl. Yeah. So his his saw of love and his book obviously changed. And actually, they attempt to write another book. Yeah, well, this is, I mean, together. to me, this is the perfect ending, of course. Mm -hmm. So what is the logical thing for the um, uh, book publishers to do? <laughs> they ask them to, come, to unite, to come together, to work together and yeah. write the next book together. Together. And again, yes. this is perfectly logical. Yeah, in but I, I also place. found it very funny. Yeah, it was funny. The the locations were fantastic. Obviously, the production was very good. And if you want just to see a light comedy and you know just hmm. have a nice time, this is a perfect movie for yeah. doing that. Uh, I mean, you certainly seem to know Mexico because you, you recognize quite a few oh, of yes. these places. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, there's one scene there where they go off into the dark forest together. And oh, they yes. hear this animal, you know, <laughs> making a noise out there in the front. And what and I told he, you. And he's worried <laughs> that it's, it's a lion this or is a it's lion. a tiger. And I told and you, it's no, a no, monkey. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the woman in the film says, oh, it's a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have we have monkeys apparently for British yeah, that, that they sound like tigers. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, no, that, that is very realistic. And I really enjoyed uh, how they portrayed Mexico, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I, th I think this is. Um, it's. A, it's. A, I would consider this a sort of a, a small, lovely little small film, but I still found it very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it is enjoyable because sometimes when they are too light, there can be a, even boring or make no sense. Mm. This one has a good story, follows through the story very properly. 
uh, has uh, their innuendos, it has uh, the you know the whole the whole recipe for a good uh, love story. Yeah, good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. <Hans. laughs> that was Rosie Alcolea helping me with Book of Love. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, assetmanagers, one word, .co.nz. He's here. Cyrano? Cyrano. Pleasure to meet you, Cyrano de Bergerac. You're a freak. Freak. My dearest friend, I'd be very angry with you if you died. My sole purpose on this earth is to love Roxanne. Does she know? The world will never accept someone like me and a tall, beautiful woman. In this musical version of Cyrano de Bergerac, we see the poetic wordsmith help another man win the heart of a woman with whom he is also in love. Carolyn Brown's been off to the Alice Cinema to see this richly inventive movie. Carolyn, I was quite overwhelmed by this adaptation of the classic 1897 stage play. What did you think of Cyrano? Oh, I was the same. I was like, yeah, the ending. <laughs> oh, my God. Lots of tears. Um, but I, at the beginning, I was thinking, ah, they can't even try to put on a French accent. That's so annoying. They're oh, all just well. speaking in their own um, own voices. Um, but then I got so involved into the movie that that completely just forgot about it. And it was just lovely. It's just oh, the cinematography, the dance music. Uh, the dancers, just lovely. Oh yeah, I mean the whole sets, the, the this, um, the you know this highly detailed, uh, lavish production design mm. throughout the film. Yeah, you could almost um, think it was a Shakespearean film or something. It was just so, oh, just beautiful. And then when the musical numbers, you know, it, it's it it sort of took you back to the old sort of MGM movie musicals. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. about, it reminded me of About 50 Miz, years actually. ago or something yeah. or more. Yeah. <laughs> back to the <laughs> 1940s and 50s or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, you know, brought all that back. But, I mean, to me, what I sort of questioned from the beginning and which has actually turned out to be the opposite way around is um, putting um, Peter Dinklage... In the lead, In yeah. the lead role. Now, this is a rather short guy. Uh, just, am I allowed to call him a dwarf? <laughs> yes, but that doesn't take anything away from what he's uh, capable of doing. Yeah, I this mean... is it. He was amazing in how he could hold that. He's, he plays a... For, he has about, oh, God, at least three, four um, sword fights with people. Yes. And, and they're quite amazing <laughs> fights. No, they are. It's very well choreographed. Yeah. He's been doing the stage play, so that's kind of how he got the part. I mean, also that effect that he's married to the screenwriter, his, his wife. Yeah his, wife, yeah, his wife wrote the screen, <laughs> and she is the one who adapted the, this. Yes, from the theatre, with, right, with him yeah. in mind. Well, he uh, kind of. Well, he. I mean, he. He was in the theatre show. Mm. Yeah, and his and the lead actress in this film, Haley Bennett, she's also um, from the. 
theatre show. So they've just used, recast the same actors, really, in a way. But, uh-huh. Yeah. But, yeah, because, um, you know, because, I mean, in the uh, original version um, with uh, uh, Cyrano, uh, he had difficulty um, telling or, um, his love for another woman. Because he thought he was ugly. Yeah, yeah, because he had to be too big a nose. Yeah. Well, in this film, it's opposite as he's got too short a leg. <laughs> and... He does, yeah. But, oh, my God, I would go and watch Peter Dinklage paint walls. He's just fantastic. Yeah. And, and then he can sing. He can, yeah. And he's got he a splendid voice anyway, even, yeah, talking or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this might sound terrible, but, you know, you get this short little guy come on yep, with this magnificent voice and he just <laughs> dominates the scene so magnificently. You know, this did come as quite a surprise to me. Right, yeah. I mean, no. he has done quite well as an, an actor um, before. He's won quite a few... Um, Golden Globes, yeah. yeah. A, a primetime Emmy Awards for outstanding, outstanding supporting acting in the um, Game of Thrones. Yes, yes, he and, has, yeah. You know, and things like that. And uh, so he is really... <laughs> but in this, he dominates that film. He and he's does. got that strong face with a strong nose and those and very expressive. muscles in yes, his face. He's a very and, expressive uh, man. And, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was amazing. For me, also one of the highlights was a, a cameo by um, Glenn Hansard, who was in the film Once, um, the, who, about the Irish busker and the immigrant as well. Mm. And he sings a very beautiful part of it. Well, it's the trio of them that sing this beautiful song that's just... Pulls at the heartstrings. Um, but, yeah, no, if you're wanting escapism, which I think a lot of people are at the moment, um, I would definitely put this one on yeah. the list to see on the big screen because it's just fantastical. Uh, I mean, it's one of the ironies. This is sort of set in 17th century Paris and the streets have got Going this old feeling, yep. this wonderful feeling to them. But it's actually, um, for these unique uh, Paris city backgrounds, they were actually filmed in a, in, a, in Sicily, in a Baroque a city down there called Nortel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, during but COVID. I don't go and tell people that, though. No. Because, you know, most people... No, um, <laughs> But back to the um, yeah the escapism thing, I think that's what also made it very poignant and sad for me in parts is that it is about people going off to war and being separated from families and ones that they loved as well. Um, so I think that added to the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But no, just stunning. Oh, yeah. No, it's a wonderful, wonderful Beautiful singing, thing. beautiful dancing, beautiful acting. And beautiful to look at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> was Carolyn Brown with her views on Cyrano, and I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday, and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on the Plains FM website. That's plainsfm.org.nz. Music